Hey guys, I don't know about you, but I am so over COVID. Ugh, it's like a recurring bad nightmare, right? But hang in there. Don't lose your cool and do your best to work with the adults in our lives. Believe it or not, they're trying really hard, you know. And check out my show this week for a frightful treat. I have the author of a popular scary book series for kids called Heck, Where the Bad Kids Go. It's frightfully delicious, so stick around if you want to be scared out of your boots. Well, it's not really that bad, but it's just right for Halloween. Enjoy! Welcome to All Things Madison, the podcast exclusively for kids, sure to tickle your funny bone while learning something new at the same time. You'll hear from talking bears, laughing unicorns, and farting sloths. <clears throat> Excuse me, announcer lady, but it ain't that kind of show. Are you sure? Um, yes. I'm the producer. That's the thrifty little diva show you're talking about. You know, the other one. Okay then, on that note... Here's your host, Madison Lauren, and her dad. <clears throat> oh, right. Uh, let's see here. And her super smart, hilariously funny, best of best dads, Mr. Durante Smith. Please enjoy the show. Classic, Daddy, classic. What? Did you really just make her say all that? Well, yeah, it's our show. You mean it's my show? It's got my name on it, remember? Besides, you already got a podcast. You mean I can't have two? <laughs> and I'm producing it. Oh, Daddy, can we just start the show? Good idea. <laughs> <laughs> hey, boys and girls, welcome to my show. I'm excited to have you here. This show takes behind the scene of all the places you love. We talk with famous authors, actors, and people who make movies. And you'll learn some neat stuff, too. Oh, yeah. And then there's my dad, the goofball, who helps out a little, too. And answer the joke of the day for a chance to win an autographed postcard from your girl. Okay, so stick around for another fun-filled episode. Enjoy the show. This week, my guest is author Dale Basie, who is known for his kids' book series, Heck, Where the Bad Kids Go. It's about a place called Heck. That's a strange reformed school for kids after they die, where their souls stay forever, or until they turn 18. You know, whichever comes first. There are nine circles of Heck, each based on a kid's various bad habits. The Heck book series is weirdly funny and wildly entertaining, to say the least. And now for the interview. Enjoy! Mr. Dell, thank you for coming on my show. You are very welcome, Madison. Question one. From what I can tell, it looks like you have a successful book series and why a fiction in your head book series. My question is, how in the heck did you come up with it? <sighs> that is a great question. Well, let's see. I mean, I think I it was about, oh, maybe like 12 years ago, because I think the first book came out 2008. So we're talking probably 2005. Um, so a friend of mine who's an animator wanted to come up with a short animated film about the devil called Behind the Brimstone. 
and he's in that, he does stop motion animation, like, you know, Coraline or some of those movies that you might have seen, but he does that kind of stuff. So um, I was excited to work. I thought, wow, there's a lot to work with. I kind of did a lot of research. Usually when I start a project, I'll like really just deep dive and research everything that I can think of. So I started thinking about the underworld and tried to think of opportunities for it to be funny which is, you know, sort of dark. So I was thinking, oh, it should be funny. And so as I was like brainstorming with myself, I came up with the idea of sort of a H-E double hockey sticks light, you know, sort of a hell for children. And, and so I thought, well, you can't call it hell. So I said, oh, heck. And so the name came first. The animated short movie didn't turn up as anything. It didn't work out. So the idea of heck kind of stuck with me. And at the same time, um, I have a son. He's 19 now, but then he was like five or six or so. And so I was reading a lot to him. And I was reading a lot of things like Series of Unfortunate Events and some of those books. And I'm like, gosh, these books are so dark and funny and weird. You could do like, you know, anything you want in these books. And I was kind of, that was sort of exciting because I was working in advertising, like writing commercials and things. And I wasn't feeling really creatively satisfied. Uh, so I started to think about Heck more. And initially I, turned, I wrote it as a TV show for this contest that I entered. And it's been about 15 years and I haven't heard back. So I'm starting to think maybe I didn't win the contest. <laughs> um, but then I, so I had this script. So I thought, okay, well, I'll turn this into a book. And it was really fun. And so anyway, long story short, it, it turned into Heck, Where the Bad's Kids Go, which is my first book. Okay. That's really good. Question two. Yes. I'm learning every author's process is a little different from the next, but your stories are so out of the norm. Tell me, what is your creative process and how do you arrive at the stories you choose to write? That is another great question. Um, you're right. Everybody has different ways of doing things. But most of the time, my ideas come from my brain. It's like my brain has a mind of its own sometimes. Interesting. But like in general, I'm just kind of like this living, breathing, like sponge. Like I come up with all sorts of scraps of ideas and I save everything. Like, you know, if I'm riding my bike or like if I'm in a coffee shop, I'll overhear someone's conversation. Hopefully not in a creepy way, but probably. I don't know. But like I'm always just sort of listening and watching and collecting ideas. Um, and I just, you know, I have a journal. I have a whole bunch of journals. Like this is my current journal. And so I'll capture all sorts of ideas in there. Um, so the point is I kind of get my ideas from everywhere. I think one of my greatest strengths besides thumb wrestling is putting <laughs> kind of ordinary things together in strange ways and unique ways. So that's really fun. Also, when I was young, I was kind of, I, I'm an only child. So I also was kind of like a loner you know, we moved a lot trying to make friends. But so what I'd do is I'd spend time in my head making up stories and things, creating worlds to inhabit. And so I, I used to be a musician. So sometimes I, you know, would come up with songs. Then I went to film school and came up with movies. But ultimately, I realized that I'd have the most control of my creative worlds uh, through writing. Because writing is really fun. You can control everything, you know, every character, every setting. Um, it's really kind of exciting. And one time, I don't know, when I was in my 20s, I worked for a newspaper in San Francisco uh, called the San Francisco Chronicle. And for a long time, I would have the graveyard shift. And that doesn't mean actually working in a graveyard. It means like I'd work there all night from midnight to eight in the morning. Whoa. And I was so bored because I was just basically there to take care of the machines. But I'd, I'd be so bored that I'd write stories for my friends who worked during the day. So when they got to work, they'd read my little stories. So that was kind of a fun way that I kind of got started into writing. 
doing weird stuff. Wow, interesting story. Thank you. We'll return in just a moment, right after we thank our sponsors. Hey, Daddy, maybe we should tell my friends about Sleepy Steve. That's a good idea. Okay, how about I tell them what it's about and you tell them where they can find it? Yeah, that sounds cool. Okay, get this, guys. Sleepy Steve is about Steve Jackson. He moves to a new area, goes to a new school, and he has to make new friends. The thing about Steve that makes him so interesting is that he has a sleeping condition known as narcolepsy. Now, what that means is it makes him fall asleep, but it's at all the wrong times and the worst times possible. If there's a wrong time to fall asleep, he does it. The other thing is in his dreams, he has these really wild and fantastic dreams. His mind goes everywhere. It's absolutely bananas. And with these friends, he leaves them in a pickle every single time. Trust me, if you like funny books, this book is (laughs) hilarious. I tell people this. I try to warn them. Be careful. You just might pee in your pants. So get ready for a wild hilarious, funny story that you cannot wait to turn the pages to. Take it over, Madison. And you can find Sleepy Steve at www.sleepysteve.com or go to Amazon and look up the fantastical adventure of Sleepy Steve. Trust me, it's a great book. I should know. I wrote it. No, you didn't. Well, I helped. No, you didn't. Well, at least the book is about me. It's about a boy. You're not even a boy. Well, what did I do? Nothing. That's the point. What's the point? You did nothing. Get it right. We're just here to tell people about the book. Oh, my bad. Well, let's do this takeover again. No way, Jose. I think they got the point. (laughs) (laughs) So get your copy of my dad's book, Sleepy Steve, today. And now back to the show. Question three. What can you tell young writers about studying the craft of writing? How can we get better and tap into our imaginations as massively as you do? Yes. Um, Yeah, that's that's a really, there's so many ways to approach it. But I think in terms of, you know, writing is all about coming up with an idea, right? So I think sometimes the best thing to do if you want to come up with an idea is to do absolutely nothing, which is weird advice. But I mean, like turning off your phone, stepping away from your computer, because while you think you're being bored, bored doing nothing, your brain is working overtime, coming up with great stuff. Because sometimes when you're, you know, playing a game or doing stuff, your brain is reacting to that. So when you do nothing, it allows your brain to kind of like blossom with all these cool ideas. And of the many problems I have, one of the problems I don't have is writer's block. I I actually suffer sometimes from having too many ideas, um, which can make writing easy, but editing hard, um, because you have to kind of clear away all the stuff that doesn't make sense. But if my writing isn't necessarily crackling with creative energy, uh, I'll ride my bike, something like that. And that kind of dislodges all the sludge from my brain. And um, also wrestling alligators helps keep me in the moment sometimes. (laughs) But I guess having those ideas, and then just thinking about them, and just seeing where your imagination takes them, I think is the first step for writing. Wow. Question four. What inspiration do you draw on to continue to write your books? There's a really, really old book that was written in the 1300s called Dante's Inferno. 
I mean, it's so old that I wasn't even born yet. That's cool. It's about a man who visits the underworld, like who visits the world of the dead and finds that this world is sort of arranged based on specific sins that people committed in their lives. Again, that's really dark. Sorry. But for heck, I take that basic kind of architecture. If you're familiar with my books, like each book is kind of based on a certain circle of heck, a certain place in heck. So that really helps me because like my second book, Rapatia, was about greed and And then my fourth book, Fibble, was about lying. So some of those concepts, you know, help get my imagination going and help me kind of start to develop the story or some of the characters because it's sort of starting from that. Um, And also, since my books take place in the afterlife, I'll think about all sorts of myths or religions or beliefs of any kind. And then I just sort of smash them up and create my own collage out of all of these different things, which is so that also gives me like I have all of history, basically to work with. And a lot of the characters are actually people from history too, like some of the teachers. So that gives me a lot to work with. And I also kind of feel like sometimes, you know, books about, you know, the underworld, some people might get offended, but I try to like keep it silly and kind of make fun of everything. So hopefully no one gets offended. But as I've learned, people can be offended at almost anything. But so anyway, so that basic structure helps me come up with ideas. Okay. Question five. In closing, what is the funniest story you have to tell about speaking at a school or doing a book signing? You know, something that makes us laugh out loud. Right. No pressure, right? To make you laugh out loud. It's seriously our last question. I was having so much fun. Well, it's kind of hard to pick one, but I will. Let me see. Because most of my book signings or book events are really fun because I love signing books. Um, And often kids will give me copies of other people's books, like The Hunger Games or something like that. And I'll even sign those, which is kind of fun. Like, you know, truly yours, Suzanne Collins. That's cool. Sometimes kids want me to sign their arms or faces or something, which always makes me really disturbing. I always ask the kids, like, do you have a father who's really strong or something who's going to beat me up if I sign your arm? But (laughs) it's weird because my books, I wrote them mainly because I didn't really like school that much, like middle school. Um, So it's sort of ironic that now to promote my books, I'm going to middle schools to do visits. I don't know. Maybe my next book should be about Hawaii. So then I get to visit Hawaii or something. So. Like during my book visits, I'll usually have the kids help me make interactive stories that we do as a group and they come up with some crazy stuff. Usually my book events are really loud and fun, but one time I went to a school and I was doing all sorts of stuff that usually gets a lot of laughs and the kids just sat there staring at me like not a peep. So I was, it was really freaky to go through my whole presentation and it was so quiet you could just hear a pin drop. But afterwards when I was signing books, I asked one of the kids why everyone was so quiet. Um, and he said that their teacher told them that, that if they made any sound, they would all go to detention. So they're all so terrified. That's why they were, they thought they were being polite, but by being so polite and quiet, they just ruined my presentation, basically. And there was another time during a school assembly uh, where I could just tell that the kids were being restless. So I just said, hey, kids, let's all go out in the parking lot. And so I took like 150 kids out to the parking lot. And I found out later that the principal was really mad that I did that. So I wasn't invited back. It's not really funny, but it was weird. (laughs) Mr. Dale, thank you so much for giving me your time today. I wish you continued success with your wonderful books. Thank you so much, Madison, and I wish you continued success for your amazing podcast. Thank you. Please keep us in abreast of any new books coming out, and don't be ashamed to share. Bye. Bye, Madison. Nice talking with you.
Hey daddy, it's such a big good girl. But what you gonna say? I have to look out for the world. Look out for myself and look out for the earth. Look out for the people I was trying to throw dirt. But they don't know I just keep it in their place. I just play nice and I'm trying to throw shade. Something for the girls, something for the boys, for family today. Because I like to have fun. And days like this, I like sunny days. When you go to the beach with the sand and the waves. Wind in my hair, sun on my skin. Playing beach ball with all of my friends. A lot of barbecue with some good old punch. Then we start dancing, everybody have fun. Something for the old and something for the young. Because today's a good day. One. to finally go to the fair again. Aren't you, Daddy? <laughs> yes, I am. What do you miss the most? Um, probably the cotton candy. Or maybe the funnel cakes. Mmm. Funnel cakes sound good right about now. Well, come on. Let's go in. Come on, come on. Get your tickets to the greatest show on Earth. Hey, isn't that the Ringling Brothers line? I don't know. You want the ticket or not, sir? How much are they? Does it matter? We're the only game in town. They could be a hundred bucks and you still buy them because she wants to go. He's right, Daddy. Can you please hurry and get the tickets? I'm getting hungry now. <laughs> okay, you got me. How much? Twenty-five each. So fifty bucks? Here. Here's three twenties. Keep the change. Thanks, mister. Hey, where's the closest concession stand? That'll be the food trucks and stands. It's right around the corner. Enjoy. Thanks, buddy. Okay, Madison, let's go. Come on, come on. Get your tickets to the greatest show on earth. Excuse me, dear. What can I help you with today? Hey, I know you. Daddy, look, it's the man from the park. Well, I'll be. It sure is. Good seeing you again, sir. Ah, yes. You're the chaps asking about Peter Pan, aren't you? <laughs> that would be us. What brings you here? Work. It's the family business. My great-grandfather handed it down to my papa, my papa passed it on to my dear old dad, and eventually he handed it down to me. It's really more a bit of a hobby for me, really, but this ratty old thing has been in the family for a very long time. We can't seem to shake it. <laughs> it's not ratty. I like it. You're too kind, my dear. Now, what can I do for you today? I'm not sure. I know just the thing. And all they sucker. I love those. Would you like a lollipop? A jolly lollipop? Daddy, can I have a lollipop, a lolly jolly pop? Yes, you can have a lollipop, a jolly lollipop. Because a lollipop is a pop of the licking kind. Yes, a lollipop is a pop of the licking kind. A lollipop is a pop of the licking kind. 
Would you like a lemon drop? A sour lemon drop. Would I like a lemon drop? A sour lemon drop. Sure, you can have a lemon drop. A sour lemon drop. Because a lemon drop is a drop of the sucking kind. For sure, a lemon drop is a drop of the sucking kind. Oh yes, a lemon drop is a drop of the sucking kind. Or would you like a muffin top? A fluffy puffy top. Would I like a muffin top? A fluffy puffy top. Yes, you'd like a muffin top? A fluffy puffy top. Because a muffin top is a top of the eating kind. Because a muffin top is a top of the eating kind. A muffin top is a top of the eating kind. Indeed, a muffin, muffin top, top is a top, top of, of the, the eating, eating kind. kind. Stop! I just want something to eat, guys. I don't care what it is. Well, that's all you had to say. Try these kettle corn. It's fresh out of the mixer. All of that for kettle corn. <laughs> ah, yes. Hardly makes sense, does it? But what does these days? Here's a twenty, man. Keep the change. Thank you for the tip, mate. Be sure to pay a visit to the Tiger Act. You might be surprised. Will do. Thanks. Bye. And now it's time for the joke of the day, Halloween edition. Here we go. Why don't skeletons ever go trick or treating? Because they have no body to go with. <laughs> Next, where do ghosts buy their Halloween candy? At the ghosty store. Get it? <laughs> that was a good one. What do ghosts give out to trick or treaters? Blueberries. <laughs> Blueberries. Next, what makes Trick or treating with twin witches so challenging. You never know which witch is which. Well, a tongue twister and funny. <laughs> and last but not least, what Halloween candy's never on time for a party? Choco late. Get it? Chocolate late. <laughs> Send me your best Halloween joke, and maybe we'll read it on my show. Thanks. Okay, so now it's time for the word of the day. Okay, so the word of the day is actually a phrase grown-ups use called the graveyard shift. Whoa, that just sounds scary, but it probably sounds worse than it actually is. It just means working overnight, like if your mom or dad works while you're sleeping and sleeps while you're off to school during the day. That kind of sounds a little like a vampire too, but vampires aren't real, are they? An example of the correct use of the phrase is: My dad is working the graveyard shift for a few weeks to cover for his boss. Remember, it just means he's working overnight. So the word of the day is graveyard shift. Okay, guys, thank you for checking out my show. So be sure to check me out each week, where you can find me at All Things Madison on your podcast and YouTube. And subscribe, please. I need fans, guys. And check out my website at thriftylittlediva.me. And remember, we love you just the way you are. Mm. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to All Things Madison. Kindly take a moment to subscribe, leave a comment, and rate the show so that our participating partners know you are following along. You can get your Madison Lauren graphic tees at shopmadisonlauren.com. Or follow her YouTube channel at All Things Madison. This production was brought to you by Infinity Global Media Group LLC. 
Contact us at smith.durante at gmail.com for bookings or more information. 